Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Never get cocky with COVID. Truer words were never spoken. I'll take credit for that quote. Never get cocky with COVID. We fail to act. There will be a wave of evictions and foreclosures in the coming months as this pandemic rages on. Because there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. Make no mistake. There will be a trial. And when that trial ends, senators will have to decide. If they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection. <laughs> ah. Man, man, man. Happy Sunday, honey. What a day. Good evening. How are you? Good day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Advancing to the Super Bowl again. My goodness, my goodness. Um, I started watching the game um, in the third or just after the half, and it looked like they were going to cough the whole thing up. But then Green Bay decided to kick instead of win the football game, and that's how it goes. That is finito. So you got a lot to get to tonight. Um, But I want to start – do I want to start with the newsy stuff? Okay, we'll start with some newsy stuff because then we've got some – conversation stuff to do uh anthony fauci was on face the nation again today <laughs> face the nation alice told me that that uh since deborah burks was on there from the from the corona, corona task force right to listen to it so i subscribed to the podcast you know i already get the meet the press thing with chuck um todd uh and so i i glean a lot from that you know i mm-hmm. hear some good insight from that and there was a whole bunch of good Yumi J.L. Cinder stuff again today, but I've I, we've got too much to get to, so forget it. Um, but uh, so I I subscribed to Face the Nation, and I listened to it, and it was so full of. They are beautiful on Face the Nation. First of all, the world is born anew. 
I'm Margaret Brennan in Washington, and this week on Face the Nation, President Biden takes office and is immediately faced with overwhelming challenges. His first priority, COVID-19. America came together last Wednesday to... Is that what happened last Wednesday? <laughs> Who's this America you're talking about exactly? I, as far as well, I can Lady tell, there's 30,000 different um, the, uh, troops uh, stationed in Washington, <laughs> D.C. because the fear was America was not coming together. Honor its 46th president in somewhat... They, America came together. This is a promo for Biden. <laughs> this is too good. Subdued and heavily fortified inauguration festivities. The day coincidentally marked the one year anniversary of the first coronavirus diagnosis in the U.S. On the There were some bursts of color in the much smaller and mostly masked ceremonies. Some old traditions were reimagined. What does that mean, bursts of color? Oh, does that mean that what people are wearing? Is that what that means? Or is it just. Is that imagery just meant to... I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I'd have to hear what she says next for context. Due to the pandemic. Memorable moments have gone viral, but in the chilly Washington setting, the sense of history in the making was powerful. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I guess she means bursts of uh, l- metaphorical color, not literal color. Okay. Because uh, I think then she says, like, the... Viral moments. They are very so excited that- about this inauguration over at CBS's Face the Nation. <laughs> President Biden wasted no time addressing the Herculean challenges ahead. No, I always remember reading the stories of Hercule and how <laughs> how wonderful it was when he fought the uh, Medusa in the uh, multi-headed whatever he fought. <sighs> Herculean. 400,000 Americans have died. That's more than have died in all of World War II. Man, that's deep. 400,000. This is a wartime undertaking. Our last president also waged war on the coronavirus. We won't be using his name. But the new administration says its war effort will be different. There are new guidelines on mandatory mask wearing, lower vaccination. In other words, our last president also waged war but lost. Goals and a promise to revamp a confusing and chaotic vaccine rollout. Please wear a mask. Shut up. We'll talk to the president's top medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Plus, we'll take a stunning look back at the dysfunctional handling of the pandemic during the Trump administration. <laughs> they're going to take they're going to take a stunning look back. Interesting. It's going to be a stunning look back. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. I want to take oh. a stunning look at how just up their own freaking um man looks into the abyss. Up their old their own abysses they are. Reminds me of uh, the story of Hercule when he <laughs> rolled the boulder up the hill. Stunning look back. I love how she also says, you know, in a moment, we're going to talk to Anthony Fauci, the godfather of fighting pandemics, who's wonderful. And then we're going to take a stunning look back at the failure of the Trump administration to fight it, where I believe Fauci played a major role. But no, no, no. He's totally separated from this. I have been convinced for many months now that this guy is a fraud. I I have no doubt whatsoever. I, 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 I am blown away by the fact that people take that Trump haters out there take that as some way of me giving Trump a waiver on his uh, behavior for during the pandemic. Right, which you've been harsh on. Yes. Yeah, but no, you can't not only be harsh, you have to be uh, apoplectic and have a nervous breakdown on social media in order to be a member of the acceptable class now. 
So here's Fauci. <laughs> He's so he is such a like we said before, this guy is such an operator. His job, his main priority, this guy's priority is to stay employed in the bureaucracy. That is what he does. Everything he says is centered around that. This uh, Margaret Brennan, who I believe is the interviewer, host of this, you know, puts it right to him. Mm-hmm. Once again, and, I, and, I, and when I've been playing these Chuck Todd interviews with Fauci the first couple of weeks, it's always a pointed question about a new Fauci failure, essentially. <laughs> and he never explains himself. He doesn't understand or doesn't care. He just wouldn't see how accountability would be something that is involved in his job. So Fauci now has reversed himself again. So there's the the novel coronavirus that came last year, and there's more bad ones coming. The second one, we, we've been told mm-hmm. by Anthony Fauci forever now, is uh, more contagious but less deadly. On a dime... That is no longer operable. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, said Friday the B11... Is it operable or operative? No longer operative. Operative? Yes, it's operative. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, said Friday the B111 strain that was first detected in the UK may be associated with a higher degree of mortality. The day prior, you said it did not. So which is it? Is it more deadly? (laughs) So, the day prior, yeah, he said it wasn't. Boris Johnson then, a few hours later, England time, says the new virus is more deadly. Fauci, how do you square that? Well, the data that came out was after they had been saying all along that it did not appear to be more deadly. So that's where we got that information. But when the British... <laughs> I love that. They've been saying it the whole time. Well, did you vet what they said? Do, do, aren't you in uh, the Council of Episiotomies, whatever it, it is? It didn't appear more deadly. Right. And <laughs> it suddenly, didn't look like it was more deadly. When you look at it on a microscope slide, it just looks the same, pretty much. It doesn't look more deadly. Right. Yeah. And now, so the data now says, it, it, the data apparently only was released the moment Boris Johnson started speaking. We don't have any agencies. There's not a World Health Organization that would disseminate data. And we don't have any agencies, apparently, in this country that would have had that data before Boris Johnson, you know, right. at a presser, happens to throw it out there. So uh, all of Maybe so, we just weren't ready to hear that yet, Tom. Suddenly, you know what? Maybe that's what it is. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, yes, when we said this whole time we've been saying, based on I don't know now, um, that, that, that the new virus, the new strain, variant. is not as the new variant is not as, as deadly, based on I don't know, now Boris Johnson says that the new, that it's actually more deadly based on, well, I don't know, so we're going to say go with what he says. Is Boris Johnson on the coronavirus task force now? Or is Fauci on the coronavirus task force? Investigators looked more closely at the death rate of a certain age group. They found that it was one to per thousand, we'll say. And then it went up to 1.3 per thousand in a certain group. So that's a significant increase. So the most recent data is in accord with what the Brits are saying. We want to look at the data ourselves. But we have every reason to believe them. They're a very competent group. Except when it comes to how uh, fatal the <laughs> virus is. Right. In which case uh, they are. Co- well, I'm sure he would think that's competent. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> were course. wrong for weeks and months at a time. That's right. But now they've changed their minds. Now it's all different. 
What? What do you mean? I should know. What do you mean? I should know. This is very. Plus, hard. I thought we were now in a new administration, so Fauci could tell us when he doesn't know stuff. Now, or is that the point? Maybe that's it. Maybe Biden threatened them like Trump used to, because Fauci used to want to tell us all the good truths, but Trump wouldn't let him. So we need to assume now that what has been circulating dominantly in the UK does have a certain degree of increase in what we call virulence, namely the power of the virus to cause more damage, including death. What a bunch of words to say. I mean, it makes sense that uh, a virus that replicates faster and more easily and shows up in more people is replicating more and having more virus in your system, you know, that that would make you sicker. Well, I'm glad I'm hearing it from you. Are they hiring? (laughs) Because the last thing I heard last week from Fauci was the new bad virus Mm -hmm. spreads quicker but isn't as deadly. Because I think what I've seen from this, from different studies, makes it seem like viral load is really important, which mm-hmm. means like how much virus actually gets on you, which is why like the masks help. Because even though you might still get like one virus on you, that's not going to really make you sick. It takes like your immune system can fight that much off. You have to get like somebody well, you're sneezing a big load of virus viral in your load. face. Right? You're that's mentioning why- viral load. The guy who's been in Washington... Since 25 years before you were born, is not mentioning the viral load. Well, right. But that's, like, why so many healthcare workers got more sick, especially, like, in China. You saw a lot of doctors dying, even though they were younger, because they were getting exposed to a larger viral load. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense that maybe if this one is replicating more. I mean, it does tend to be, like, in the case of MERS, the Middle Eastern respiratory virus that they had a few years ago. Like, if they're really, really deadly, if they just kill people off really fast and efficiently, then then it tends to not replicate as fast because it's killing people so they don't have as much time to spread it but if this has a really long latent period which we know covid does that you can spread it i mean if you can spread it when you're pre-symptomatic but even at the beginning when you have mild symptoms if you can spread it then that's kind of different from like a mers type of scenario okay and i appreciate the clarity alice for the audience that's wonderful but Anthony Fauci is not saying this. This is you saying it, and I appreciate that. Uh, so the the vaccine dissemination obviously has been a problem as well, and so I mean, kind of a problem. We're like fourth in the world. Okay, but okay, but she. So so you know, there's been a pledge to have a hundred million um, people vaccinated in the hundred in the mm-hmm. next thirty days. Right. Or, or no, sorry, three months. Um, first hundred days, hundred million, hundred days. That's the that's the slogan. That's the pitch. That's the, what they're going with. Mm-hmm. Fauci is asked about this on the vaccines. You just drove home that point of how important it is to get this out there. I want to play some tape here for you and and get you to clarify when U.S. taxpayers can expect to get their vaccine. At least one hundred million COVID vaccine shots into the arms of the American people in the first hundred days. A hundred million shots. In the first 100 days, you know, 100 million shots in the first 100 days. Here's Fauci. Mm-hmm. So the goal that's been set, which I believe is entirely achievable, is to have a 100 million people vaccinated in the first 100 days. That's Fauci saying it's 100 million people vaccinated. Which in the is first two day. shots per person. Right. Okay. 100 million people vaccinated. So in that's person. twice as many shots in arms. That's okay. 200 so million now shots in arms. She's asking Fauci okay. to square that for us. He just said 100 million people vaccinated. Both vaccines? Primary and boost. Yes. Primary and, and boost. boost. Yeah. In 100 days. Yes. Yes. Okay. He did not equivocate. 
primary end was 100 million people in the first 100 days. Well, let the record show initially, too, when before the Trump administration started distributing the vaccine, the Biden administration was saying 100 million distributed in the first 100 days. And then it became shots in arms. And then it became people fully vaccinated. Right. When it so looked this, like the Trump administration okay. was already on track to distribute Fully vaccinated. <laughs> Fauci just said it. 100 million people in the first 100 days. Fully vaccinated. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's a little under a third of the population of this country. Mm-hmm. That's all the olds. And that's all the fats like me and all the other people who, are, who, are, mm-hmm. who are, have, have comorbidities. Here we go. So, doctor, in that exchange, you seem to be promising a bit more than the president is. Can you just bottom line it? How many people will be fully vaccinated within 100 days? So he said 100 million. Let's listen to him now. Yeah. So so let me clarify that because there was a little bit of a misunderstanding. Um, what we're talking about is 100 million shots in individuals. Oh, so, so that's the opposite. So of wait a second. There was a, a second ago. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Okay. That's not a misunderstanding. That's a f up by Anthony Fauci. <laughs> You're going to have to go back and bleep that. Mark the tape. I will. A <laughs> hundred million. This guy is remarkable. It is remarkable. No, no, no. It's a misunderstanding. You said it. You said it. So is this a misunderstanding too? I don't know. Is that was that a misunderstanding? Is this a misunderstanding? Is what you say tomorrow going to be a misunderstanding? Is what you say the day after tomorrow going to be a misunderstanding? The day after that, will that be not a misunderstanding? But then Boris Johnson will contradict it, and then you have to change what you believe. What is anything with this guy? This he shouldn't guy, be public facing. He no, shouldn't. no, he's a he moron. <laughs> he's an incompetent well, little moron, and I am sick of him. I'm sick of this moron. He might be okay at. Like the science part he in the back be room. On Sesame that- <laughs> Street. That's what he should be doing. And he sometimes is. Oh, okay. So a shots, as in other words, when you get down to let's say a certain part of the hundred days, at the end of a hundred days, you're going to have some people who will have gotten both shots, and some will still be on their first shots. What the president is saying: a hundred million shots in the arms of people within 100 days. So reportedly the tran- transition... Which is not what you said. Which is right. not what you said whatsoever. So now he's, you know, glomming on to what the president's saying because job she number one... She reminded him. Job number one <laughs> is to stay employed and keep this gig. Team projections are that that's more like 67 million people by April, by the end of 100 right. days. Is right. that yeah. an accurate it, number? Right. It, it, if... Yeah. Yeah, that is, well, I I haven't done the math myself, but it sounds very much like the accurate number where you're... The slogan is not 67 million people in 100 days. The slogan is 100 people in 100 days. I mean, you would think, but it's also, it's changed a bunch of times now. It's also what the Trump administration was already on track to do. I don't care about the Trump administration. I don't care about the Trump administration. That's that's gone and that's over. Okay. This guy, this fool, is still at the helm of this thing. This is remarkable. This is remarkable. Having people who will have gotten two doses and then some that are still on their first dose. When you add them all up and you look at shots, it's 100 million shots in the arms of people this within the first 100 days. This is a guy spinning okay. a yarn so of the Trump administration's bleep. Health and Human well, Services Secretary bleep. said on this program in December that just with Pfizer and Moderna's vaccine, they could get to 100 million shots by the end of February. President Biden's goal puts that benchmark out in April. Are you deliberately setting expectations low? This is your out, doctor. This is your out. It's not that you're flamingly incompetent. 
It's that you're delivering, you're setting expectations low, right? No, no, that's not the case. No, no, that's not the case. I am incompetent. I don't know. But I'll keep talking for all eight minutes of this segment. I'll keep going in circles. I'll bring you, pull you down underwater with me into epidemiological uh, parlance and so you don't understand a damn thing. And I'll happily smile and run out the clock because I'm having fun regardless. I still have my job. You go back and look at the facts of actually what had been done in the first, like, 38 days, I believe, that in the former administration, I think maybe two out of those days had reached 100 million, and the average along that period of time was about 450,000 per day. This is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for us to understand what the hell you're talking about. So, but if you talk to some of your friends on Twitter, who, when you tweeted about how Fauci should be held accountable if there was absolutely zero vaccine infrastructure, then, you know, that should be on Fauci. They said that he had nothing to do with doing the vaccine program at all. And that was entirely on HHS and the Trump administration. It has nothing to do with Fauci. And so he's the wrong person to even ask about any of this. So... Man, for the wrong person, he seems to speak a lot to the media. He has a lot to say about it. Do you think there needs to be a 9-11 type commission to look at what went wrong? Well, I'm not, you know, Margaret, I, it's not up to me to say that. I think we really do. I mean, it's not up to me to say that, but I'm going to say it. Whether you want to call it a 9-11 commission, but we really need to look into some of the deficiencies in our health care systems at the local level. There you go. Yeah. So you know, we need to look into some of the deficiencies of everybody who's not Anthony Fauci on the state. <laughs> and not Cuomo, who's my Emmy Award winning right. buddy, that we're Pesci and whoever we are together and big buds. Um, but, you know, do you know who doesn't have a book deal, by the way, is the governor of West Virginia, whose name I can't even come up with off the top of my head, who has vaccinated the biggest proportion of their population mm -hmm. there, who eschewed the federal program entirely. <laughs> Some so they're people... just doing it on their own, and they're doing better. Now, I also have a funny vaccine anecdote from California. This is from the LA Times. I have an article called, Young LA Vaccine Chasers Crowd Unofficial Standby Lines in Hopes of a Shot. So remember how I was saying that like because the sign-up process is so obtuse in some of these states and they're like strict about who can come, they had been throwing shots out. So now they've loosened up, and they're saying just, you know, if we're out of them at the end of the day, we'll just stick a shot in whoever is standing around. Right. So now there's crowds of people standing around outside who aren't qualified under the program. And, you know, the people are saying, like, I don't feel like I'm line jumping because, um, you know, they're going to throw it out otherwise. Right. It's going to be in the dumpster. <laughs> so, um so, yeah, so the crowds have included some seniors who would have been eligible but had trouble getting appointments because the process to get the appointment is such a pain. I mean, doesn't this just tell you that they should forget this whole thing anyway and just do first come, first serve and tell people, you know, if you're <laughs> over 65, just show up? Like, because if, you're va if your process is so bad that you have a bunch of shots, so they're saying it's not that many, that it's like 20 to 30 people per place per day or whatever, but, I mean... So the county health officials estimated the number of people through standby lines is 20 or 30. But still, like, and then they're worried, obviously, that guess who 
is finding out about the standby lines and has time to stand in them and is having, as they detail in the article, uh, one of them has a frittata delivered by Uber Eats while they're waiting in line. So is it the underprivileged and the marginalized and the elderly, do you think, who are uh, waiting in the line, in the standby line? Uh, it is not. No, it of is course not. not. <laughs> so um, it's located in a part of South LA, this clinic that's more than 97% Latino and black with a median income of 39612 But many of the people who waited for long hours Thursday and Friday outside the clinic were white and came from beyond the surrounding neighborhood. So it's all fancy cars and they're all taking up all the parking spots and waiting around outside the clinic in hopes of getting an extra shot. I mean... And yeah, 28-year-old designer from Echo Park, Jasmine, says the moral question of getting it before someone else was outweighed by the fact that there are doses being wasted. As she spoke, the young man waiting just ahead of her dug a plastic fork into what appeared to be a to-go breakfast of frittata. His meal had arrived a few minutes prior by a delivery driver. Um, and ma- multiple people remarked on how starkly the, demograf- the demographics of the line diverged from those of the neighborhood and expressed discomfort about that. Wow. So... This is interesting because they've made it really difficult to sign up Mm. to get the shot because they want to make sure that no one jumps the line, right? Um, Well, some states have. Some states are doing a better job than others. But now there was a study that came out also um, that got some media today that um, the headline was two-thirds, honey, two-thirds of black and Latino women don't know where to get a COVID shot. A, a COVID vaccine. So, I mean, that sounds pretty stark when you think about it. But then, so I saw the headline and I was like, wow, that's kind of sad. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't, you know, know where to get a COVID shot because they're not even eligible yet. Like, I wouldn't know where to get a COVID shot because I haven't looked into it because I'm not eligible. So I'm not going to go get one. So I'm like, I wonder what the percent is for just regular people, right? So it's like, then I go and dig up this stupid thing and it's like, I find the actual study and it's like 63, 64% of like black and Latino women don't know where to get the shot. So like, that's roughly two thirds accurate. But then it's like, 54% 54% of white women don't know where to get the shot either. Right. So it's like, well, does I mean, anybody know where to get the shot? I mean, I guess, but it's probably more older people anyway who don't know where to get, who right. would know where to get the shot because they've figured out where to get the shot. I mean, once the black and Latino women are eligible for the shot, they'll probably go find out where to get one too. Yeah. Well, we know that this is, I mean, this so, whole thing is, is had so <laughs> the whole narrative is so insane. Right. And now they're touting this study at this headline like, black and Latino women are being kept of from the information well, of, of where to of get the shot. So like, let's listen to my friend Anthony Fauci continue to throw uh, states under the bus. One of the things. That I think I believe I had mentioned to you in a previous appearance here, Margaret, mm-hmm. that I felt we should You're do much camera. better is a greater collaboration and coordination. Alice, we have a text you should look at. Okay, I'll go look at Just the text. Use, I know that we're on camera. Between okay. the federal government and the local, the state, yes. we've got to do that in a coordinated way instead of just telling the states, "You're yep. on your own. Do it on your own." Okay. That clearly does not work very well. You're on your own. Do it on your own. This is all you need to know about Fauci, and this is great. So I watched the Dr. Burks thing as well on Meet the, on uh, Face the Nation, and I like her. I like her. I have much more um, faith in her 
that uh, than faith in a lot of other people. And where's my Burks thing? Eight and ten. The way this thing, the way this thing uh, uncompiles, it uh, is it here? Do you feel like your work is misunderstood as political? I think pan. Mm, okay, we'll just I'll just start at the beginning with the Bjorks. Oh no, here we go. Listen to this. We're at the end of February. CDC official gives a briefing to reporters that tanks the markets when she says that within the community there may be a virus spreading and it could cause severe disruption to daily life. Dr. Fauci goes on television a few days later and says the risk to Americans remains low. You're watching this, and what are you thinking? So I'm in South Africa. We're yelling at the CNN <laughs> television saying this is going to be a pandemic. Fauci, the know-it-all moron, is out there saying the risk to Americans is going to be low. We're going to be low. Burks is in South Africa yelling at the TV saying, hey, idiot. It's going to be a pandemic. I mean, right. I mean, and I don't buy, I know people who, when you say this about like Fauci was there and said there was nothing to worry about, they say, well, Trump was making him downplay it. And I just don't buy that for a second. Trump closed the border. Trump would welcome an opportunity to be hawkish on China for something like this. Trump would love to shut right. down all trade, travel, whatever from China and say they gave us this terrible virus. He would have wanted to do that on day one. If Fauci had come to him and said, we have this really bad virus coming from China, shut everything now. Do you think Trump would have been for it? Honestly? Like, he would have been all down for it. Not not to shut down our economy, but I'm saying, like, shut down travel in, like, January when when we had a chance. And not he did shut down some travel, but there were still like American citizens coming mm. in and stuff. But I mean, like you had Trump who was all about ban all Muslims until we can figure out what the heck is going on. Do you think if you told him there was some dangerous, terrible thing coming from China, he wouldn't have played that up? And especially all the alarmism I saw about COVID was coming from the online weirdo right. It was coming right. from right wing anonymous weirdos on Twitter and Slate Star Codex and other like <laughs> weird. <laughs> what the hell's that? That's the guy. Remember I told you the guy that they outed him as oh, psychological yes, yes, practice, yes, yes. that whole thing. It's like a forum where people talk about science and stuff. I mean, they were saying to stock up on masks back then too. <laughs> so like, you know, they were saying like, don't take ones that are for medical providers, but like if you can get some masks to set aside, do it. Cause it helps. And I don't know. There were, Nothing that Fauci has come around to saying is now the science was not predicted <coughs> by people online right. who were right. And I reminded someone recently, Tucker Carlson personally met with Trump at Mar-a-Lago, drove over to Mar-a-Lago while Trump was in the middle of a party and pulled him into a private meeting to tell him to get tough on COVID. This could easily have gone in a totally different mm -hmm. direction. But people like Fauci pushed and said, no, just get your flu shot. It's fine. No big deal. Da, 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 da. It's no problem. People called Trump racist. People said go to Chinatown. People said go out Chinese New Year, Ma a Mardi Gras, all these things. Ride the subway. Everything's perfect. If you don't, you're racist. I, I mean, I, I just think the narrative surrounding it is so backwards from what actually happened Completely at the beginning agree. of this pandemic. So yeah. another reason I like, um, is, by the way, the, the text I was trying to show my wife is our friend had passed it. They probably saw COVID. it because what I was trying to tell you is you were holding it up. You can just the tell camera. me. Well, that's what I was trying to tell you, but I every time use, I started to open your, my use mouth, use your trick photography to uh, black out. You can do it. <laughs> when, uh, every time it doesn't you... matter. I don't want to know who this is. 
I'm going to see what it looks like in the final um, video. So, um, so, um, so Burks, Dr. Burks it, it had an interesting chat about some of the challenges. And this is why I like her now, just after today, some of the challenges of the D.C. bureaucracy. The Biden coronavirus czar, uh, for lack of a better term, told reporters when it comes to the vaccine, what we're inheriting is so much worse than we could have imagined. Is that a political statement? Is that accurate? You know, I've been trying to process all the last 11 months um, because I, it's really important that we understand what worked and what didn't work. I took extensive notes during the entire process because I didn't want to lose track of what we need to do to make our response better in the future. One of those critical areas is this idea of federalism on which the United States was built. But that can be taken to extremes. Um, and so the mantra always was federally supported and state managed, locally executed. That was the Trump plan. That was the mantra. But what does support mean? And what does federal support mean? And I think really an understanding of what states need to translate guidance into implementation, what state needs states need in interpreting data together. Um, they only are seeing their data, but it's really important that they understand what's happening in their entire region because people have been mobile. Do you think it's just bad architecture being handed off to the Biden administration? She's trying. This reporter is trying. Right. And I, Miranda Roberts, or whatever her name is. and, and she's, She it. really wants to put it on Trump. <laughs> she really, really wants for yes. to say Trump screwed up. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she's taking all these shots on goal. God bless her. Are they being set up for failure? Oh, I don't believe. And I... I w- If I thought that was true, I wouldn't be sleeping right now, (laughs) because what was very important to me is from even before the election is to make sure that people had access to data um, and the data that we were seeing. And I think the more people can understand where the virus is, where it's increasing, where it's decreasing and react to even the slightest uptick. And that's a place where we're still slow. Surveillance. We're still slow in reaction. You need to react act when you first see that tiniest little uptick in test positivity. That's the moment to tell that population, we need you to do these things. You were often at odds with the CDC. There's your 9-11 commission right there. I mean, you know. I mean, it's funny her saying this, too, because, again, this is another place where the random anonymous people on the Internet have much better information than anything that's coming out of the government. I get awesome COVID data from this awesome newsletter I subscribe to on Substack that's from an anonymous conservative guy. It's called Polymath, P-O-L-I math. And um, you should go subscribe to it if you have interest in COVID data, because he gathers all the state data and he puts it into a format that's comparable state to state. So you can see like the per capita deaths and the per capita positive tests and the test positivity rates for the states over time compared to different points in time. So and and he makes the data available for you to download and mess around with, too, if you have interest in that. And now he's doing vaccine data, too. That's all included with the newsletter mm. subscription. I mean, that's not why. Why isn't that something that the federal government does where they take all the state data and compile it into a format that's easy to understand and compare? And maybe if that were the case, then we'd have less insane, completely innumerate reporting by the media constantly who cannot 
understand comparisons between the states at all to see that like Florida really isn't doing any worse than New York or anywhere else. And and they have trouble making those comparisons because they they lack first of all they lack basic numeracy skills most reporters right. and second of all they they don't have access to any good data so i'm like why is right. the only they place they also are incurious yeah. that's the problem yeah but i mean like why is the only why is the best place to find the best data set an anonymous internet person right like, well I mean, right. like it's so silly but that said you know but they're they not they're not looking job. for data that's going to exonerate the Trump administration. They, they don't want that data. Yeah, but they do a better job than the whole stupid federal government put together. This yes. one guy in Washington state. It's so stupid. I don't understand why, why, you know, the government is so incompetent. It just boggles my mind. But anyway. That's what I've been told. Is that true? I know the CDC well, so it was, it was, let me just be very clear. It was more difficult for them because I knew where the gaps were. And so when I came in, I really asked for those gaps to be addressed. I was also very pushy. And the one thing that's been taken completely out of context is when I was talking about not trusting the CDC data, it had to do with the ethnicity and race of the fatalities early on because of the delay in that reporting. Our delay for death certificates that have all that information on can be up to 30 days. So we're at the end of February. CDC official gives a briefing to reporters that tanks the markets when she says that within the community there may be a virus spreading and it could cause severe disruption to daily life. Dr. Fauci goes on television a few days later and says the risk to Americans remains low. You're watching this, and what are you thinking? So I'm in South Africa. We're yelling at the CNN television saying, this is going to be a pandemic. Because the Chinese, what I saw from China, when you overwhelm your hospitals, you have to know that you have broad-based community spread before that happens. Yet they weren't seeing it, and that really worried me because what we were looking for is people with symptoms. And so when people were coming into the country, we were looking for people with symptoms. But why wasn't it obvious to them when you're watching this on TV and saying, this is so clearly a pandemic that's coming to hit us hard? I've learned from the things we've missed. This is exactly how we missed the HIV pandemic. If you're only looking for sick people, you miss a lot of... Hmm, who was in charge of that one who might have institutional knowledge about uh, pandemics like that? Hmm. Who's a celebrated genius, <laughs> and, uh, won the Medal of Freedom from everybody. The, what is really happening under the surface. And so I was always worried that there was a big iceberg under the surface and we were just seeing the top of it. So when we were questioning people who came into this country about symptoms rather than testing everybody who came into the country, that's when I started to get really worried. Um, at the same time, there was a single individual in the White House that had been calling me since January. That was Matt Pottinger? <laughs> yes. The deputy national security. So Matt Pottinger's the guy who got her to work there. She was a friend. Okay. They were friends, whatever, and he's the guy who got, got her to work there. But so is she in... It, it, it goes along the lines of uh, of the reporter trying to just please, please mm -hmm. uh, condemn Trump's handling of the thing. Uh, Burks is solid. Do you feel like your work is misunderstood as political? I think pandemics are always political. Um, that's why, I mean, I've worked in, in 
you know, 60 countries. Um, every pandemic is political because you have to make policy changes to confront them, and policies are often political. Not what they're trying to hear. Not what they're trying to hear. Uh, so what about the relationship between you and Trump uh, directly? Did, Did President uh, Trump read them? I don't know. I don't know. I sent them up through to the vice president. Um, I had very you did little brief exposure. President Trump. I had very little exposure to President Trump. Ooh, not what they're trying to hear at the moment. Very little exposure to Trump. How is she supposed to tell us how incompetent he was? She, <laughs> I know. Trump? How can she weigh in on what an idiot he is? Do you think President Trump appreciated the gravity of the health crisis you were describing? I think the president appreciated the gravity in March. Um, it took a while after I arrived in the White House to remove all of the ancillary data that was coming in. I mean, this is the uh, what's making um, headlines for at least this week and probably to, through Monday and Tuesday as well. The ancillary data. So in other words, Trump is getting. Trump has duplicate Dr. Burks's around him uh, with other names, and they're giving him other information. There was parallel data streams coming into the White House that were not transparently utilized, and I needed to stop that. Where people you mean outside were, advisors? Outside advisors coming to inside advisors, and to this day, I mean, until the day I left, I am. I'm convinced there were parallel data streams because I disinformation. I saw the president presenting graphs that I never made. So I know that someone or someone out there or someone inside was creating a parallel set of data and graphics that were shown to the president. I know what I sent up. And I know that what was in his hands was different from that. So this is interesting. And this is supposed to be damning, but. In my opinion, even though I'm more impressed with her today than I have been yet, mm -hmm. my opinion, Trump, you have all these bureaucratic eggheads, half of you who are calcified and useless like Fauci. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't blame him for wanting alternative data. Like you were just saying, you know, this guy online with a Substack, you know, he was coming up with good data. Alex Berenson has had some interesting things. Jordan Schachtel has had some different, uh, some interesting, um, uh, you know, findings and reporting on this stuff. There have been a lot of people breaking down this information. Mm -hmm. um, and, and by the way, not all these are COVID deniers. Actually, I wouldn't say any of them really yeah. are COVID deniers, quote unquote. You can't do that. You have to use the entire database. To this day, I don't know. I know now watching some of the tapes that certainly Scott Atlas mm. brought in parallel data streams. So the chief of staff is not saying Wait a second. This is our official coordinator. Listen to her and her only. Listen to you. Another shot on goal. No one was saying that. No one said that to me. To the president. I, I don't know if they were saying it to the president. Damn it. Do you think the president was just so distracted by the political implications in the campaign? You know, I always. Another shot on goal. Please say yes. Please say yes. <laughs> it's interesting. Fauci is such a ham, but he's terrible. I mean, he has no accountability in answers, and he, he does not adequately um, answer questions. She is cunning. Mm -hmm. and she is, is I mean, she's the media person. Wonder that. And I mean, the worst possible time you can have a pandemic is in a presidential election year. I think the White House personnel were very focused on this pandemic in March and April. 
I think once the country began to open and it was clear to me that they weren't going to follow my really gated criteria that I had worked hard on. How to open restaurants, how to let people dine I combined all of that together um, for these great gating criteria. So in calculating everything, with the slow reopening, I didn't think anyone could get to phase three until August. And you can see in the states that followed either that criteria or a similar criteria, that's how long it took them. Were there COVID deniers in the White House? Please say yes, please say yes, please say yes. There are people in the White House, and I think people around this country, because I've had the privilege to meet them and listen to them and hear them, because I wanted to hear what people were saying. There were people who definitely believed that this was a hoax. Why? I think because the information was confusing at the beginning. I think because we didn't talk about the spectrum of disease, because everyone interpreted on what they knew. And so they saw people get COVID and be fine. So you don't blame the president's own language of calling some of this politically motivated a hoax. It was a phrase he used at one point. When you have a pandemic where you're relying on every American to change their behavior, communication is absolutely key. And I I think it's undeniable that his communication was not good during this. Yeah, I mean, that's... So, uh, Deborah Brooks, I now like more than I did before, and uh, even though but, she went to her island house to, oh, that's right, she did, didn't she? Didn't she? And it had such a <laughs> perfect family. name. What was the name? Like Magoon uh, Island or something. It was, it was, it was a, something, yeah. Yeah, it was a really it's like beautiful Alfred person. Island or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. I forget what it was, but yeah, something like that. And she's like flitting between three households because her grandmother's depressed. Yeah, all right, I don't like her anymore. Yeah. Um, so in other uh, just priceless audio, Andrew Cuomo has, wait, this guy, More this guy is a Cuomo. malevolent uh, actor. This is a bad dude. Never get cocky with COVID. Truer words were never spoken. I'll take credit for that quote. Never get cocky with COVID. That is a says the guy psycho. with the Emmy in the book deal. The guy, he's selling merch. He has more merch than we have. What a psycho! Okay, never get cocky with COVID. Truer words were never spoken. God, man, imagine living in New York. Imagine living in New York City, where immediately you have the moron giraffe who is the mayor, and then over and above him on the state level, you've got Cuomo. Holy God, that's tough. And then over and above him, you've got the president, who sometimes says some shocking things. If we fail to act, there will be a wave of evictions and foreclosures in the coming months as this pandemic rages on. Because there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. (laughs) Really? Oh. (laughs) I mean. Well, then. I mean, did he not say that I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Yeah, no. So did he just mean someday or? Nothing like, we can do. Is that why we're at the Lincoln Memorial? There's literally nothing we can do to stop the pandemic. So I thought that was different because Cuomo and all these people were definitely Ooh. telling me that, you know, Baker said if we wore masks religiously, we would stop <laughs> the pandemic in its tracks. And everyone I see is wearing masks outside. So I don't. Right. There's nothing we can go do, but it's in the hands of Dr. Fauci, who's eminently qualified and is on the ball completely. This guy is a, the most cogent public health official I've ever heard. With the challenges that we'll be having, getting it out into the community that is not easily accessible, 
getting it to people that are not uniform in the sense mm-hmm. of being health care providers or people in nursing homes, I still think that that challenge is really, uh, it, first of all, it's going to be a floor, yeah. not a, a, a ceiling. It's, it's not going to be easy to do that. I think there is this misperception out there. This is the ch- so uh, getting all of the vac the hundred sixty seven million people now vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy, but it's just the floor. It's not the ceiling, so it's going to be better than that. Yeah, it's not easy, but we're going to do more than it. Yeah, Margaret, because we've hit one million a day for a couple of days. That when we get out into the community, it's going to be really easy to do that. That's not the case. It is going mm-hmm. to be a challenge. What, like with everything that gets processed through me, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be sacrifice. It's not going to be a challenge. There's going to be a uh, a, um, a a um, what's it? A level of normalness, normality, a degree of normality. That's right. Now, there's never going to be total normality. There could be possibly be a degree of normality. I think it was a reasonable goal that was set. We always want to do better than the goal you've set, but yeah. it is really a floor and not a ceiling. The most important thing. The message that gets lost in this back and forth, Margaret, is that we've got to vaccinate as many people as we possibly can, as quickly as we possibly can. Absolutely. And that's what President Biden made as the point. I mean, that was the I major want... point that he was making. Uh, uh, understood. And, and we What just... a hack. Yeah. My God. It like reminds me of when a sale is like up to 50% off or more or whatever. And you're thinking like, wait, is it up to that amount? Is it the most? Is it what's, is the goal ambitious or are we going to do more than the goal, even though it's hard? I don't, you know, like, it's so ridiculous. Um, Chuck Schumer uh, worked blue this week. Make no mistake. There will be a trial. And when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection <laughs> okay. That's, how do you even make that mistake i don't know i don't know what uh donald trump um uh, donald john trump. trump's effect is in every community <laughs> who well lays apparently eyes upon for him. chuck schumer it's really he's inciting a lot more <sighs> than in some other areas i read an article four days or three days ago about how he Donald John Trump uh, heartlessly fired his usher, uh, who was loyal to him. But Trump just said, last second, you're fired because he's a mean bastard. And, of course, wow. this, this was everywhere. Subsequently, Inside Edition has done some reporting because that's who we're relying on these days. Awkward. There are the Bidens standing in the cold, waiting to be let into their new home, the White House. Everyone wondered what was going on. Why were the doors shut? Well, now we know. The chief usher who was supposed to open the door was fired. (laughs) Timothy Harleth was hired by the Trumps in 2017 after he had worked for them at the Trump International Hotel in D.C. But the Bidens reportedly wanted a chief usher with no ties to Trump. So Harleth was fired at 11.30 a.m., just as the inauguration ceremony was getting underway. There you go. I want all you Trump people out. Out. Including the usher. That well-known political position, usher. By the way, how Washington, D.C. is that? That, And, like, talk about, like, Anne Rind. Ayn Rand. Oh, yeah. right. Thank you. Uh, No, I'm talking about a different (laughs) author that I follow, actually, (laughs) whose substack I read, Anne Rind, who's very influential. Talk about, uh, um, what was the John Galt book? 
Um, Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged. How Atlas Shrugged is that? I know. In that Washington, D.C., it's nobody's job to open the door but the ushers. So the door is not open. Right. Because there's no usher. He's yeah. like the key maker or whatever, you know, in the Matrix. We don't know. We'll just mill around. Does anybody know <laughs> if there's another usher coming in? Because clearly the illustrated job description is that the usher opens the door. I don't know. Does anybody know? I don't they know. They fired him at 1130. There's know. a secret no, Secret Service just protects the president once he's in, and they're also out. They don't open the door. That's the usher. Okay, we'll just mill around. Maybe he'll just die out there. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, the, the thinner Jeffrey Chalian of CNN, uh, Brian Stelter and Jim Acosta think very well of you if you voted for, uh, Donald Trump. And so these purveyors of free speech are about to, uh, end yours. So do you think this quiet period is temporary? I think it is temporary. I mean, I, I do think what this country faces right now, and, you know, I, I, I describe it as uh, the disinformation industrial complex. And- oh, Jim, how long did that take you to uh, smelt? Jeez, <laughs> disinformation industrial complex. Christ. What I like to call can you asymmetry. Imagine, can you imagine? That's what Stelters was, the yeah. asymmetrical news. Yeah, can they come up with sitting around stuff. saying, all right, I've got to hit Give me something pithy, pithy, Jesus Christ. They're so proud, too. And that is, you know, Trump uh, and his people, uh, conservative outlets like Fox News, and then conservative uh, websites and organizations uh, aligned with the president uh, and, and conservative platforms. Uh, these three pillars of this uh, disinformation industrial complex essentially helped put Trump <laughs> in power, kept him Use in power, again, Jim. Uh, sustained his, his uh, you know, grip on the Republican Party, and it remains a threat to our democracy. It is it is the reason it is the reason why uh, there were hundreds of Trump supporters storming the Capitol on January 6th. And until <laughs> that poison, that toxin is drained from the national political discourse in this country, Brian, mm. uh, I, I do think that uh, these forces represent a potential existential threat to this country uh, mm. and ha- have the uh, potential to come back and, and cause more suffering in the days to come. Let's look at Glenn. Glenn- but lower the temperature, everybody. Lower the temperature. Right. The toy. Right. You're, by the way, I hope you're having a good Sunday evening or Monday morning toxins. Jesus. <laughs> you're a poison that must be drained from our nation's wound. Uh, yeah, it's really bad. And it's, it's, um, it's not just rhetoric. I mean, they're telling people to call up cable companies and complain and tell them not to take Fox News anymore. I mean, imagine if you can't get Fox News anymore on uh, on your on your cable i i think that's a really dangerous uh place to go not to mention not only are we now trying to get cable channels kicked off of the tv which is something conservatives i have never heard of conservatives trying to do that you know what i mean you know there's like or there used to be. I haven't really checked. There's like Logo, which is a gay channel. You don't see the Christian right <laughs> calling up the cable company and demanding. A gay channel? It was called Logo. It used okay. to be. I don't know when I was. Was younger. it gay and lesbian? Oh, I assume it was all LGBT, whatever. Hmm. But I didn't really watch it, so I don't. You know. You didn't really watch it. I don't know. I just saw that it existed, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I just flicked on by the channel i didn't you know call up my cable company and complain that there's a channel in the mix you know i get spanish language tv channels that i never watch because i don't speak spanish i don't call the cable company and complain and demand that they be removed from my lineup well, they're not toxins there's like stuff the on there that you don't have to watch you can just scroll by you know but they want to remove 
parlor from the internet. They want to remove channels from your cable lineup. And they want to remove now... A couple different banks have now dropped Trump's account, yes. and not just Trump himself. This woman, the realtor who flew to the Capitol in a yeah. private jet, that lady. Um, toxin. She's a toxin, but um, PayPal dumped her off their platform. She can no longer use <laughs> PayPal. So that's, like I mean. Louis C.K. said, what are they going to do next? Take away my birthday? <laughs> Well, kind of. Maybe they will take away your birthday. That would be devastating for you, speaking yeah, of. Yeah, it would be. Um, but, yeah, like, it. they're going after people at a level that's so, like, nobody's making you give Jen and Ryan realty money over PayPal, right? Like, right. you're not... You're not supporting her or doing anything. Like, it it doesn't affect you if she's on PayPal. But... She can't be. She's a toxin. I want to move along here, Alice. We're oh. running short on time. Unless okay, she, unless okay, she, okay. okay. But, um, um, uh, Glenn Kessler, who's a guy who works for the Washington Post. He's a fact checker. Fact checker. <laughs> Jesus, imagine what a disgraceful thing that is. He got in some fight with AOC you last decide, year. I you decide You decide what a check is, a fact check is, and not what a fact check is. Anyway, he's talking about Trump's 38,000 lies, at least, I would think, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that has just started now, which is something that is so disingenuous and petty and babyish. It, you know, you can find... 38,000 lies any damned where you w- want to find 38,000 lies. If I started counting right. right now with Joe Biden, first of all, to have this conversation while, Sally, thank you. Look at this. You're my love. That wow. is not even, I didn't even ask. That was very nice. Um, this uh, is, uh, is just, it's just remarkable. And, and the problem, Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden is, by the way, RIP Henry Aaron. Um, Joe Biden is the Hank Aaron of lies in, in political, in in the sense that he's a record breaker. Yes, in the sense that lying and getting busted, this guy was so careless that he had to drop out of a presidential race. Yada yada yada. We played all this on. We'll do it again someday. Here's Glenn Kessler, smug Glenn <laughs> Kessler. Uh, maybe he's with Stelter, maybe with somebody else. Let me ask you about the president-elect. He made a lot of uh, pretty dramatic claims in his speech on Thursday uh, Thursday evening. I understand that uh, your team reached out to him. And just compare and contrast the reaction and response you got from the incoming administration to what you've gotten over the last several years. Well, uh, in the case of the Biden-Harris uh, transition team, we asked we identified five factual statements he made, you know, interesting claims that we wanted to know if they, you know, what was the basis for this. Uh, within 15 minutes, we received citations. Uh, uh, we address, we we uh, highlighted five factual statements he made, mm-hmm. and we just asked for the basis. Hey, uh, Mr. Biden, comp, comp team, Ms. Saki, uh, we have noticed that he made these statements here. Can you just give us something to back them up? Oh, sure. Internet link, internet link, internet link, internet link. Oh, there you go. That's all put to bed. Hey, Trump team. Uh, to those uh, uh, factual statements, and they all checked out. Um, generally, the Trump White House almost never responded to our queries because, of course, a lot of what the president said could not be defended or explained uh, in terms of where he got these so-called facts. But I'm totally non-pious here. <laughs> Yes, Trump team, Kaylee McEnany. Yeah, it's Glenn Kessler here from the Washington Post. We have a running ticker calling your candidate a lying son of a bitch. Do you mind um, uh, responding to us? Uh, we're on deadline here, so make it quick. 
It's shocking that they didn't get back to them. Uh, I, mean, I assume the Biden, you know, I did five years of Obama, uh, and uh, I assume the Biden uh, presidency will be a lot like the Obama presidency in that they will be responsive uh, and will be able to quickly back up what they're saying. And There we go, baby. That's right. I just assume That's they're right. just going to be factual and tell us facts so there we go what do you mean, I mean saved so wait. or created oh that just means saved or created it's all set there's a link i mean okay thank you <laughs> i mean why have a fact checker because isn't the idea of the fact checker to challenge the truth claims we don't want to have will. to give you a pinocchio on this can you please just give us something just one give link? us a link that we that's can then fine. put out there it can Snopes be from the daily, the daily coast that's fine that's fine we'll yeah take it's it. i mean it's so insane. Like, why bother? I guess they'll fire all the fact checkers. I guess it's a good yep. thing they're giving them a Nobel Prize now or whatever because <laughs> the best. <laughs> they've just been nominated so far, but they'll probably win. But I mean, Daniel Dale and Glenn Kessler—they should just fire them and yeah, send them home because what's the point of even having them? Biden Biden's is just a, so honest. It's that a geyser there's no of truth point. happening everywhere. There's nothing. There's no nothing to report on. Remember in Boston, um, there was this ad campaign from when the Big Dig was started. If you don't mm-hmm. know about the Big Dig, if you're from another state, it's our our main artery, our main highway going through the city was above ground, and we put it underground, among other things that we did. And a lot of it's federal money, so thank you. Um, and anyway, the, the the you know part of the ad campaign that they played during it in the '90s, mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, or no, the '90s, I guess. Was and we're going to the traffic reports and well, there's nothing to report. There's no traffic left. Nothing is happening at all here. So uh, back to you, Jen. <laughs> because of course it would fix anything. So that's what it is with the Biden thing. Well, mm-hmm. we go to the president, of the White House, to see what was mm-hmm. said by Jen Psaki. Well, no, nothing. It all checks out. Everything checks out. Yeah, I mean it's so funny because everyone. Ha- it's not just the fact checkers who have this attitude too. There was a tweet that I had read you a few days ago from someone named Melanie Ben, and unfortunately, I just. I didn't screenshot it. I just saved the link and it's gone. She deleted it. Mm. But it was the one where she was saying that, you know, she could go to sleep happy knowing that mommy and daddy were in charge and nothing could go wrong anymore. So she did eventually delete that. But there's more. People kept going. Somebody named Adrian Lawrence, who's a blue check, said, over the last 24 hours, I've realized that a functioning government led by capable adults is my kink. Hold that thought. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hold that thought. Occasionally, the president will go off kilter. Particularly when he's, you know, speaking extemporaneously and not following something that a, previous, a script that had previously been fact-checked. Hmm. 30,000 false or misleading claims in four years. Uh, Glenn Kessler, thank you so much for what you and your team there at The Post thank you so do much and have do, done Glenn. over the last... Uh, it's been just- quite a service for us. 30,000. 30,000 times Trump lies. When Biden lies, he's going off kilter. He's going off kilter. He's not mm-hmm. lying. No, no, we can't count that as a lie. We can say maybe he's going off kilter on that. Yeah, just a little. <sighs> um, on domestic unrest, first of all, does the president have any comment on the ongoing violence in Oregon and Washington State that we've seen in recent days? That's the Antifa um, complete violence and going after federal troops and hospitalizing people and causing total. They've taken over at least one state house, one state capitol building, right? Didn't they? 
did they? I don't even know. But anyway, it's total chaos. Well, certainly we had our team uh, on the ground, our national security team, even uh, before 12.01, early in the morning um, on Inauguration Day because we wanted to be able to monitor uh, events happening across the country and any unrest that was um, resulting from uh, from uh, the... The question was, did the president have any comment on this? In other words, is he going to condemn the attacks as domestic terrorism? Yeah. White nationalism. Give anything. Just last couple of weeks. Um, I haven't spoken with him specifically about those events, but it is something our national security team, Liz Sherwin Randall, our Homeland Security Advisor, is closely monitoring, of course. Um, and um, But if we have an additional update, I'm happy to provide it to you. But we're not condemning anything, is what we're saying here, in other words. So along the lines of of people saying that's my kink and it's people saying kink, I having finally... a functioning government and i have a 53 year old woman on twitter who posted a picture of uh, the diorama her 60 year old friend made her of the inauguration so her joe and kamala dolls could be sworn in as she watched the inauguration on tv nobody so at all is insane is so very normal. in the commentary magazine guys turned me on to this there is a sh- in our a um a a blog blog jesus podcast called the argument it is one of these New York Times arguments, and it style it stars Ross Douthat or Douthat, Douthat I think, uh, who's a pretty good uh, columnist for the Times, mm-hmm. and Michelle Goldberg for the Times. Um, and so is it like a liberal and a conservative? Exactly. I'm not familiar with Michelle Goldberg, so I assume so she's it is, the liberal. It is Michelle Goldberg, I think. Because she is because Douthat is a Catholic social conservative. So she is yes. She is an unhinged, wacko, fifth-rate okay. person. But she's precisely what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. She's New York Times, well-heeled. And so they talk about Biden coming in. And then she mentions exactly what these four years have been like for her. Before we sat down to taping, will you be an entirely different person? Is there a Michelle I've never... Now that Biden's president and Trump isn't, because they've been doing this for the few years while Trump's been president. How's it going to change you now that Biden's president? Known who showed up for this show? I think that, you know, if this had been normal times, the answer would be yes, because I've been in like an acute state of psychological crisis since the election of 2016. Jesus from 2016, a highly educated professional, upper-crust, white-collar professional woman and elite has been in a psychological crisis because somebody else got to be president <laughs> instead of the person she voted for. I mean, I just remember getting to the end of it. You know, I had a toddler and a baby and, and getting to the end of it and feeling like, finally, I've reached the end of the marathon. You know, now I can relax. How? Now I can relax. So she's been emoting this way in front mm-hmm. of the baby and the toddler. My toddler was literally shaking. That's because mommy's a psycho. This is crazy. Imagine this. And this is not, this is widespread. There is no mm-hmm. doubt. We remember all the therapy animals that were, that were offered and all the counseling that were offered in schools all over the country. All the fake hate crime reporting hotline mm-hmm. numbers that were put out there. And just along with the sense of impending horror for the entire country and the entire world, I remember feeling like I was walking into a personal prison that I was not. Personal <laughs> prison. Can you imagine? It's an election, you moron. I feel like I'm walking into a personal prison. 
get frigging help or stop getting the help or take the drug or stop taking the drug. How does a person get minted like this? This is freaking crazy. Not going to really fully be alive again until this time ended. You know, and unfortunately, nobody gets to be fully alive again because we are left living in the wreckage that Trump has bequeathed us, right? It's not like what the frig is she seeing? And these are privileged people. New York yes. Times uh opinion writers or editors or whatever she is are not uh they're not in FEMA camps or something. She's not in the wreckage of some society. She's no. doing fine. If you I think. had a business in downtown Minneapolis and that's destroyed and you you're a black person in the black community and your business is destroyed and crime is through the roof, I could see how you'd be saying, damn, there's been some wreckage here. Right. <laughs> there gets to be a big cathartic celebration the way there was around the end of the Bush presidency or the Obama inauguration. We needed a cathartic celebration after Bush, too, because thank God that imprisonment ended finally. <laughs> that doesn't tell you that it's just about all Republicans and not about Trump at all. <laughs> I don't know what She's well, still in prison, though. What is it that gets, <sighs> what's the pheromone shot or whatever it is that, that you get from feeling, and we have friends, some that we talk about. Not pheromones. What's pheromone? That's like, um, sex? Smells that you put okay. out. What's the other one? Things. Serotonin? What Serotonin, okay. maybe? Or uh, dopamine or the, something? Uh, but, but we have friends who act like that, too. Crazy mm. leftist, several genders, he, they, she, she they, they, et cetera, mm-hmm. have, gone, have changed their look like, it look bizarre. Some of these people were once right. quite beautiful or handsome. Look bizarre. You can tell there's a lot of self hate, yeah. self loathing there, etc. Saying I saw one of them had an F Trump shirt doing a video cast the other day, and mm-hmm. it's like this misery and horrible. And it's okay. I mean, to celebrate. I have a friend. It's okay to celebrate, telling everybody. It's okay that one Biden one. Like we can all come out now, and we can stop suffering. It's it's craziness. I have a friend who um, she has like ADD. And so she's disabled. So she's been concerned for years now that the Trump administration is going to start euthanizing disabled people like the Nazis did. So she's always been like posting on her Facebook on about how like if they, check in on me if they come for her. She's like talking to relatives in Germany about like taking her in or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, first Jesus, of all, if you really tried? think that that's a thing, then maybe you shouldn't be posting about it on Facebook because if they're looking for you, they'll yes. probably check but i also don't think at well, any point the trump administration was considering euthanizing people with add <laughs> i mean they'd have to start with trump most euthanization bills are hard to get through on their face you know so, i mean you know i yeah i don't but, know what kind of political capital he had going in but uh they, i mean this is the same friend though who was concerned that bush was going to declare an emergency and seize power too in 2000 <laughs> she was telling me this when we were in high school so like, i'm gonna be euthanized jesus Right, a sense of Camelot-like possibilities. This is Obama. There's still, um, right? There's, ah, it, it, yes, it's, it's those everything, possibilities. Everything is still completely, you know, horrible and dystopian. And been, when my and team wins, it's Camelot. When the other team wins, I'm in prison. It's dystopian. <laughs> We're all going to be euthanized. So in that sense, you know, it's just like another thing that Donald Trump has stolen from us is even the full measure of joy at his leaving. <laughs> but... And yet, 
There must be. I mean, let's. Uh, this know. Ross Duthot must be thinking, man. <laughs> How does he guy, get can I get an Uber this? over here? Get me the fr- extract me the hell out of here. No, I, I feel like you're allowed to feel some. I definitely feel some pleasure no. in watching. I mean, what was this not? Come on, I'm just trying to push you towards towards joy here, Michelle. I mean, if you had to script the ending for this presidency that you hated so much, setting aside the small business of the riot on Capitol Hill, having him wandering alone in the White House, unable to tweet and unable to to even get his own vice president to show up for his send off. That seemed like a Michelle Goldberg scripted denouement. Well, look, I, I would say this. As you know, my final piece about this administration was called The Inevitable, right? And so, yes, there is a certain dark satisfaction in seeing things resolve kind of exactly as you always thought they would and should. Anyway, Michelle, I'm going to yeah. leave well, you alone is, with your therapist. And, no, uh, this good is luck. interesting in the context of the fact that the New York Times just fired a reporter. Have you seen this story? Because the she, editor, uh, if she was a reporter, I Amy thought. Wolf, Lauren yes. Wolf. Yes, she, she's an editor. I'm pretty sure she was. Okay. she did reporting, but, but she, she was. Also, so they fired. She just got a, a promotion. Okay, but they fired. She's somebody who's supposed to be unbiased. We talked about this. We did not the firing. We talked about the tweet when it was out. Oh, okay. So yeah, so she had chills watching Biden's plane land. Mm. So that like showed she was not unbiased. So then they fired her, and um. People have been really interested in tweeting about this because a lot of people have tweeted because it's like such a travesty for the New York Times to do this and all this stuff. And, um, you know, then there's people on the right who think it's awesome because uh, she had been one of these people who had previously tweeted about how cancel culture is so it's a non thing. And, you know, kicking Nazis out of places isn't cancel culture. It's great and awesome. And we should all do it. And so there was a lot of like, ha ha, see, now it's come for you. I don't know how we can, but somehow we need to deescalate this because it's not it's not good that she got fired over that stupid tweet. Her editor should have just asked her to take it down or whatever. And that should have been that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is obviously it's not unbiased. It's problematic but like, if you were to have a journalistic um, right, institution. But is there not like a warning? Like you run a newspaper. If one of your reporters tweeted something that was like. It's, it wasn't like she said, I endorse Biden for president. She know. said that she had chills. Like, would you go right to firing or would you be like, can you take this tweet down and um, say, you know, like, I apologize. It was just chills about democracy or whatever. Like, I mean, you know, surely there's a way to handle it that doesn't involve just immediately going to firing right off. I mean, maybe something was going on internally there. I don't know about. But I just I don't like the idea that you make a bad tweet and you get fired. It just doesn't it's not the world I want to live in. And also Will Wilkinson of the Niskanen Institute was just fired over a tweet, uh, which we did, I think, talk about this at one point. He was fired because he tweeted that if Biden really wanted unity, he should lynch Mike Pence, which <laughs> obviously is in poor taste. But, you know, it was he wasn't calling actually for violence against Mike Pence. That was a, a misreading it, of know, the it tweet. Po- it, it was possibly a- can I think in that case, and even in the other case, mm-hmm. the grand um, argument being made against the horror that was the Trump show, mm-hmm. the tapestry of accusations, Yeah, you want it to be clear and stark. And if somebody matches it on your side, it kind of takes some of the octane out of the case mm-hmm. against Trump. Right. So maybe there's some of that happening. Right. I mean, and yeah, 
it is a misreading and the left misreads things the right say as violence all the time and it's but it's not good when they do that and then they come and they want to cancel people because they made some joke about you know we reload like Sarah Palin did or whatever you know it it's dumb and it's not a healthy way to have a society where we have to get people fired because they tweeted something that I'm misinterpreting on purpose you know it's it's and yes will wilkinson also had tweeted multiple times about how cancel culture wasn't real lol and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. you know so there is a certain poetic justice and some of it feels good like haha now it's coming for you but at the same time like i think we'd be in a better place if cancel culture just didn't come for anyone even though i don't want michelle goldberg fired from the new york times just because she is obviously insane which she is but on let's let's move it from the professional to the personal level. Okay. <clears throat> it is not healthy to have chills when the incoming president's plane lands. You shouldn't have chills. You shouldn't be excited. You shouldn't be imprisoned when the other person wins who you hate. You shouldn't be in a personal psychological prison mm-hmm. and despairing for four years and acting horrible for four years, which is what they have done. Now yeah. some people in the right are doing it. Uh, hopefully they don't take the journey for four years. But it's now not, there's like... It's not smart to fall in love or fall in hate w- with any politician. Right. These are people who are the managers at the top of bureaucracies. Right. That is it. They it's were never supposed to be DMV. somebody... <laughs> yes, they were never supposed to be somebody for you to fall in love with. That right. is... That is it's dumb, and I see it all over Facebook over the weekend. Oh, we can finally, finally... Honesty's back, and goodness is back. Don't think like that. Oh, These yeah. are Washington District of Columbia politicians. Don't think like that. And so when public radio, taxpayer-funded public radio, has uses its taxpayer-funded airways to bring on a rapper because Janet Yellen, who's running, she's running the Fed. Is that what she's doing? No, she's the Treasury Secretary. The Treasury Secretary. She did run the Fed. Because Janet Yellen's the Treasury Secretary, and Alexander Hamilton had the job a few hundred years. Yeah, he ago. also did a few other things besides just be the Treasury Secretary. So public radio show. now decides that because of that, because Hamilton the musical was so important to the lifeblood of the country, mm-hmm. that they brought on a rapper. They commissioned a rapper who with was, your money, yes, presumably who was ancillarily um, tied to Hamilton. To write a rap song a la Hamilton about Janet Yellen. All of this stuff, this public radio idiot, and this rap to Janet Yellen is craziness. This is opting to be, you know, processed through a a, a, a psychological, um, you know, a makeover that is dangerous. Um. We called you up and we said, hey, write a thing about Janet Yellen. And you you said what? I said, when is it due, man? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out. These, this is sickest, sick, sick behavior right here. When is it due, man? Of course, I love Janet. Of course, because the good guys and Biden and Janet Yellen. When's it due, man? Just give me the time. That we could just barely pull it off. So I called up a couple of my collaborators, Andy Thompson and Laserbeak, and said, is there any chance we can fast track this? Well, Laserbeak had the time <laughs> to help out. Well, for Yellen, hell yeah. I'll drop everything I'm doing. Thanks, Beak. And they were both like, let's roll. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So I want to listen to this thing. Um, I, full confession. I've heard it before. I love it. But I want to I play it for everybody. And then we're going to come back. So here we go. 
I like how he has a disclaimer there. Full confession. I have heard it before. This isn't actually real. I'm not actually just hearing this now for the first time. And actually, it's funny because at the beginning of the clip that you cut out, they have it, the phone like ring once and yes. then her oh, pick up, which point. is obviously fake also. Yes. But and then he spoils the illusion with that. I mean, how are we supposed to believe any of this now? Oh, who's yelling now? Who's yelling? Who's yelling now? An incompetent DC bureaucrat, <laughs> just like the last one that we had. Doves on the left, hawks on the right, cross talk in the flock, trying to fight mid flight. But here comes yelling with that inside voice. Never mind the mild manner, policies make noise. She's five foot nothing, but hands a guy. She could pop a collar, she could rock a power bob. Bay Ridge represent Brooklyn's in the cabinet. Damn, Janet, go and get it. Fifth and for president. She knows the kind of stimulus it takes to pass. I heard she called the house in Christ. She's qualified. It only took a couple centuries. The first female secretary of the treasury. Don't want no tax evasion for just. The layers of stupid involved in this are uncountable. Even <laughs> even by yelling with a collar popped, are not able to be tabulated. The song is stupid. The rapper is stupid. The NPR guy is stupid. The premise is stupid. Yellen is probably. Uh, Do you think Laserbeak had heard of Janet Yellen before this request came down well, the pipe? Hell yeah! <laughs> because it seems kind of to me like they're just reading off her Wikipedia page to a beat. Making a hero <laughs> off of the per- that person, Janet Yellen. I assume that all of them are going to get rap songs or songs or some kind of whatever. I mean. Well, hopefully we won't have to pay for all of them. I mean, we liked the Trump songs, but at least those didn't have to be commissioned with NPR taxpayer funded radio money. And they didn't have the Midas laser, laser beak touch <laughs> like this does. Trying for higher wages for the nation. Watch your step, there's busted glass. Janet broke another ceiling, you can bet your brass that the Lego guy is leaving less check to cash. Excuse me, Janet has a briefing and a flight to catch. And Janet, Janet. she's the first that's led the Council of Economic Advisors, treasuring the Fed. She needs a three-sided coin that always comes up heads to put the triple crown down when she goes to bed. Call the Are you happy? Are you happy? I hope you're happy, Left. You're doing it to yourselves again. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Okay, the moment you have this normalized, the moment we've reimagined the Secretary of Treasury as some kind of cool hip, I guess maybe she's the new um, uh, Ginsburg, RBG. Maybe that's what well, this right. is. I mean, and the left is trying to normalize this with everything, with like Biden and the aviators and like right. well, and totally. the whole but thing. The, and the Obama was the that, beginning of that. Or I guess or, JFK or, well, was more the beginning well, of that. Well, no, it, Obama's then, the beginning. The more but you then do Obama's that, the real one. The more you do that, the more the guy with antlers is not crazy. Well, right. And then they wonder how they got Trump and how all these people are singing songs about Trump and stuff, like because they had people singing songs about Obama, you know. So right. just normalizing in general cults of personality around uh, politicians is, okay. is not good. So uh, agreed. So uh, one last thing before we go, Alice. Do you, can you get the email about, about mm-hmm. Knox mm-hmm. and... We're going to read this email. Tomorrow we'll read more emails. There's some things we didn't get to tonight. Yeah, so if you didn't listen yet. I just want to commit this to memory, okay? Things okay. we didn't get to tonight are the David French article that we'll okay. read tomorrow. And I want to do um, um, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys tomorrow. I had that okay. ready for tonight, but we're way over time already. Okay, so um, if you didn't listen on Saturday. And we'll read other emails and messages tomorrow. That's all. 
Okay, on Saturday evening, we um, we recorded an interview with the author of this new book called um, Henry Knox's Noble Train. I actually have it right here. The story of a Boston bookseller's heroic expedition that saved the American Revolution. So we recorded a really nice long conversation with this author, William Hazel Grove, about the book and his research process and about... Um, Henry Knox in general, who, if you haven't listened to the interview yet, saved the American Revolution with this mind-blowing expedition to get cannons from Fort Ticonderoga. So you should definitely listen to that. Um, and just as an but, editor's note that I didn't put into the show notes. Yeah, I think I did actually. <laughs> listen to this one because it was Alice and mine. Is it, How do I say Alice and mine? Um, mine and Alice. It's mine and Alice's. Alice's and mine. Yeah, Alice's and mine. It was our most um, excruciating <laughs> um, broadcast experience. Not be- he was great. The equipment was great. Our two-year-old was horrific. Not only did he did he destroy the Constitution. Is that the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution? It's the Constitution. He destroyed the Constitution. He came in here and just started wailing, essentially, on Alice as, she, as he's trying to ask he questions. He knocked over cameras. He wouldn't come with me. I tried to get him. It took me like an hour to put the studio back together today. And then today. he destroyed a Constitution in a frame, <laughs> punched the glass out of it. Yeah, he's- he punched the whole thing out of the frame. It was... So, but this letter also mentions uh, childcare, I think, which is which is funny. But this is terrific. So, if you notice, if you listen to mm-hmm. this interview, which was great, and Hazel Hazel Grove, it's Hazel Grove, right? mm-hmm. was great. <clears throat> and um, but Alice asks the first few questions while she's being set upon. And I tried to help. I tried to get him. I tried to mm-hmm. take him outside. I tried to bribe him with yeah. um, with stuff. Oh, I tried tried everything. All of our other kids were were a wall. So we were trying to get them to say, "Hey, get this." Get this other guy out of here. Yeah. It couldn't be done. I went, I yelled, you probably hear that in the background for other kids saying, hey, anybody, yeah. whatever. But they were laying siege like the guy, like the antler people were at the Capitol <laughs> on, on Alice in the podcast. So Alice, after the first few questions, had to leave for a while <laughs> and then come in at the end. So anyway, that, that's uh, <sighs> part of our, the blood and sweat and tears that went into it. But it, mm-hmm. but the interview itself was cool. Go ahead. Um, so, but anyway, Andrew wrote to us, um, from, because he listened to the interview and he said, all very infor- uh, all in all, a very informative interview, enjoying it, learning a lot of new stuff. I grew up in Wayland, where there's a Mass. marker, Wayland, Massachusetts, where there's a marker at five paths, the junction of routes 27 and 126 that marks the Knox Trail. Known Henry Knox's name my whole life. When the commies pressured the Boy Scouts to rename the Algonquin Council because honoring Indians with culturally appropriated names is bad... They renamed my Boy Scout Council the Knox Trail Council long after I had gone from it. I never knew until the internet era that Dorchester Heights is now South Boston. Many of Knox's cannon were rusted out and unusable by the time Washington put them on show up top of Dorchester Heights. Washington basically bluffed the Redcoats out of Boston on St. Patrick's Day 75 years before the Irish refugees flooded Boston, still known today as Evacuation Day. Telegraph Hill is about all that's left. Which happens on St. Patrick's Day. Right. Yeah, I said evacuation day during the interview, and I wasn't sure then afterwards when I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm not sure if he knows what I meant by that, because I don't know if anybody outside Boston calls it that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a mass uh, holiday. It's <laughs> like, holiday. oh, evacuation it's, day. Yeah, no. I don't know if he knew what I was even saying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day, so most people are just very drunk. Uh, um, so. Yeah, Telegraph Hill is about all that's left of the cliffs at Dorchester Heights. They were using the cliffs as fill for the back bay, etc., until someone stood up and said, stop. I don't remember who said stop. <laughs> and thank you for saying Berkshire's right. Uh, did I say right? How do you say Berkshire's? No, he was saying Berkshire's. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, but I let it go because he did it like eight times. Sometimes I, I kind of go Berkshire. Plus, he wrote a whole book. like a little more. It's, certainly, it's not it. Berkshire if you're around. It's here. not Berkshire, but know. it is. But that's sometimes like a, that's I say, the Hobbit version. But sometimes I say like more Berkshires, like if I'm singing "Sweet Baby James," the kids, the Berkshires look dreamlike on account of that frosting. Nothing. You don't have that. You just it's James. You Taylor. missed comedy gold, Alice. One of the listeners will pick it up. I, I did miss it. Sorry. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll listen to the taping end. Okay. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm spoiled living with Tom. I <laughs> There's just so much comedy gold <laughs> flying around that sometimes I don't notice it. Okay. Uh, I don't really listen to him all the time, to be honest. Okay. Uh, so anyway, Andrew writes, thank you for saying Berkshire's right. Too bad Hazelbrook didn't take up your correct pronunciation. Totally different topic. Uh, sorry, Hazel Grove. No, but he said he said Hazel Bark. Ha! He got it. Takes wrong. a shot at uh, Hazel about Over the Berkshires. Bar- Berkshires. Yeah, it's Hazel Grove. Hazel Grove chokes on the Berkshire's last name. Hazel Grove. Okay, totally different topic. The first burn barrel I listened to was the Thanksgiving episode where you were selling Alice's sister and her roommate. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a blunt way of putting it. Caroline, it's not was, inaccurate. Caroline uh, came back to us asking for resumes. Oh yeah, from the listeners, if you do want to date way, Caroline, so. she's absolutely. She willing did. To date, she please. was like, "How come I've received no resumes from yeah, your just listeners?" Just a headshot and um, <laughs> and you just know, falsified. Your quali- I assume your qualifications. Yes. Um, and I deduced there were other adults in the house to corral the Rugrats and let you guys do the podcast. And I was kind of thinking Alice is Mrs. Shattuck from the morning meeting days, but I was also thinking she can't be Mrs. Shattuck because who would be watching the myriad Rugrats? And then the next episode I listened to was rife with Rugrats interrupting mm-hmm. the show. <clears throat> Accurate. Yes. I still occasionally think of the don't touch that sound bite from morning meeting and laugh. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Andy. <laughs> do you know what that is, the don't touch that thing? I don't think I do know that. I threatened one of the children on the air. <laughs> it came off. It had the... <laughs> It had the air of uh, seeming sinister to a yeah. to a child. I always think when these videos get released, like Kellyanne Conway or um, did we play that yelling at yeah, her daughter? Yeah, we did yeah. play her yelling at her daughter. Or there was a, a you know town council candidate recently near us that I kind of knew the guy that he got released. Him yelling at his kid and it sounded really bad and he lost the race. Not really to me. It didn't sound all that bad. Um, well, yeah, but I, that's what I was going to say is that I, that's what I always think. So like, I just I need the context here. What was the kid doing? Because <laughs> could totally yeah. be justified. I'm, I like, you know, I I think that's terrible to take like one out of context. Bad yeah, parenting especially if you don't have if you don't have kids and this is not a conversation there's you're allowed not, to have. There's, I mean, maybe there are parents who just never yell and are always perfect. But I, and I would, you know, it's not admirable when parents go off on their children. But I don't think there's a parent on earth that you, if you recorded every second of their life, you wouldn't get something bad on them. You know, well, something. not me, obviously. <laughs> not <laughs> of me. course, not Thomas. I wouldn't do that. That's not me. So there, those... so you can uh, find us. You can Google us and find out where we live to file your report with social services for that. But um... so and whatever other stuff that we missed yesterday too. But we're almost an hour <sighs> thirty into this. Hour. I gotta watch my Bills Mafia, Alice. I'm looking for the Bills Buccaneers match coming. This has been great. It's been another fun Burn Barrel podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can send us an email like Andy did, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can check out our YouTube channel and comment there on the videos. You can like the videos. You can subscribe on YouTube or on iHeartRadio or iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on all those. So 
Let us know how it you think. Make no mistake, there will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.